Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Welcome back to McNamara on Money. Uh, we are talking today about what not to do uh, in a bear market, and we do have a few announcements. Uh, first off, if you have a, if you have a question, uh, telephone number here live in the Merrimack Valley is 978-454-4980. If you have a question you want to submit via email, uh, questions at McNamara on money is the address that you want to use there. And so we will, uh, we'll continue. Actually, let's, you know, what? Let, let me do our, our social security seminar reads here. So we're going to McNamara financial services is going to be running two social security seminars, one on the South shore, one up here in the Merrimack Valley on Tuesday, April 7th, uh, at 8 p.m. Oh, that's an eight. What's it? Late start. 8 p.m. Um, it says six to eight on my. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, six to eight. There we go. All right. That's why. That's that was. I was surprised. I thought it was going to be. A, it was going to be a real party there with Kurt. Um, so Tuesday, April seventh, six to eight p.m. at the Cask and Flagon in Marshfield. If you would like to reserve a spot, uh, telephone number seven eight one eight three four. Two zero one zero, or you can visit McNamaraFinancial.com up here in the Merrimack Valley, downtown uh, in Chelmsford at Andiamo Restaurant on April eighth, also six to eight p.m. Uh, you can call us at nine seven eight two five six seven four four one, or also visit McNamaraFinancial.com. And uh, yeah, those are um, again mostly informational uh, seminars for our clients, but we do invite the public as well. So. If you want to get it, get uh, informed on Social Security, come on down. Alrighty. Was that a better intro than the first hour? That was very good. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 we sound like we're smooth now. Yeah. Uh, by, by the way, folks, um, we uh, we are offering without cost or obligation or harassment. That's our right. Part, our, our bear market survival kit, and it consists of three or four articles and a chart uh, that I think you'll find extremely helpful. Yep. And all you have to do uh, is uh, do go to the McNamara on Money website and uh, ask for one, or do questions at McNamara on money as an email and say, hey, can I have that bear market survival kit? And we'll send you along the materials. I, I strongly encourage you to do that, even though I write all of them and I think I'm pretty good at it. I think you'll probably learn some things about it, folks. And please, please oh, please do that. We we live in scary times and these are the times when you can make a big mistake if you're not careful. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Okay. All right. So so we were, you know, by the way, we're talking about some things to do and not to do sort of a thing, but, 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 
Yeah, let me go back to Aunt Sadie for a moment and, yeah. and, and Rich Uncle Johnny here. <laughs> uh, so you, you have to be careful when you start talking about your finances with friends or family, but those conversations come up one way or another. And, sure. You know, if, if Rich Uncle Johnny, who really knows a lot about investing, if he just went to cash and sold all his holdings and bought some gold and he's telling you that that's what you should be doing, well, I'm not sure if that's a good idea to listen to Rich Uncle Johnny or Aunt Sadie or your sister or your brother or whatever sort of a thing. The, you know, the, these conversations can be very dangerous to your financial health. It yeah. increases your stress level and uh, keep it to yourself, folks. And, you know, if, you, if you're having stress, call your financial advisor. That's as, as simple as that. Yeah, I would, I would say that, ju- you know, just a... To kind of expand on that, the, you know, the, I, th- I think the reason that you don't want to listen to it is because you, you have to, I mean, every one of us has an ego and generally speaking, I, I don't think you're always getting the truth or at least not the full truth in any one of those conversations, right? People generally don't sit around. They didn't tell you when they lost money. That's right. At a cocktail party yeah. or at, you know, or at, uh, or at, you know, Sunday dinner and talk about the stupid mistake that they made. Oh, you know, I got out of the market in October of two and, you know, in, in December of 2000. 2018 and I missed the entire rally in 2019. People, I mean, people don't say that they, you know, they may tell you about the, you know, the one move that they made that was a good one, but I wouldn't, you know, just cause someone tells you a story yeah. about how much money they made in a stock or in gold or in the market, I wouldn't necessarily, I, I wouldn't assume that that's the, that's representative of their, uh, overall performance with, with their finances. I just, it doesn't really work that way because if that was true, then everyone would be beating the market, right? <laughs> that? Yep, that, that, that would be correct. Okay. And everyone can't be. Yeah. All right. So by the way, let me, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to hop over very shortly. Yeah. Okay. To dangerous math. Okay. 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 This is going to be fun. But before I do, uh, I I will, uh, I will quote myself once again, because I think I'm reasonably intelligent about this stuff uh, about how how you have to be okay as an investor. Okay. So here, 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 here you go, folks. You are a long-term investor in the world's great companies. Your investment time frame is the rest of your life. You believe that if these great companies continue to prosper, they will increase in value. You understand that downturns in the financial markets are infrequent and temporary events that cannot be predicted, but can be weathered by time and a diversified portfolio. You are an optimist and believe that whatever problems the world may have, we will figure out a way to fix them, survive, and prosper, because that's what we do. <laughs> How's that for an ending? Huh? It sounds like your uh, it sounds like your financial advisor stump speech. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, apple pie to rally the troops. The yeah, there you go. Here. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So, so uh, I we we just I think we sent this piece out to our clients either yesterday or it's going out very early Monday morning. So, folks, this is we don't usually do this on the radio and preempt our clients, but given the times, <laughs> I thought I'd, I'd I'd quote from my Here's the you saw it, Jess. I sent you a copy of that, right? Yep. yep. Dangerous math or what not to do in a bear market. This is a test. Okay. So, okay, um, we're going to have three investors. Oh, okay. okay. All right. And, and by the way, uh, investor number one is our savvy seasoned investor. Okay. okay. Investor. Are we, number, is that, are we, is that is literally true or are we talking, is that a tongue in cheek savvy? I, no, no, no. Okay. It's literally true. Okay. Okay. So investor number one is savvy seasoned investor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, nervous investor number two and okay. not, and not really an investor number three. Those are our cast members, uh-huh. our characters. Okay. This is good so far. I can sort of picture a PowerPoint uh, with different, I, with different I'm, little figurines on it. I'm having, yeah, I, I'm not good at that <laughs> stuff, but yeah, okay, I understand. Okay. And so by the way, we're, they're all, all going to invest yep. uh, in a 60% stock, 40% bond portfolio, a globally diversified portfolio, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. Okay. Uh, and they did that on February 1st, 2017, three Ooh. years ago. Okay. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, and then the other background setting is that in early 2020, we have a scary market scenario where all the stocks in the world, this is theoretical, folks, yeah. go down 20% and all of the bonds in the world go up 5% in value because people buy safe bonds, when they, whether they need them or not, when they sell their scary stocks. Okay? okay. So three investors, $100,000, exact same portfolio three years ago. Okay. Okay. And it was, so it was savvy investor, nervous investor, and who was the other one? Uh, and not really an investor. Not really an investor. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm being kind here. All right. Okay. All right. So anyway, and oh yeah, one more thing. Uh, I, we're going to assume that a globally diversified portfolio of 60% stocks and 40% bonds can earn a 5% return. Okay. Over over its lifetime, uh, folks. That's a pretty low number. If you if you want to get into some details about how long and a bunch of other things, but that's we're just playing around here. So I'm making this up. We're going to pretend it's five percent, yep. which I think is reasonable and attainable if you do the right thing. But anyway, so those are the deals. Okay. So they started all three years ago with a hundred thousand dollars, and if it was an average of a five percent return, okay, on February first of this year, call it three years, yep. those portfolios were worth. One hundred and fifteen thousand seven hundred and sixty-three bucks. Okay. Okay. So you're going from a hundred. It's tough to do numbers on the radio, so I'm going to kind of round them off. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah. you're going from a hundred to one hundred and fifteen point seven. And that's okay. in the, that's in three years. Yeah, that's right. And that was at the beginning of February. That's five percent return. There you go. Okay. Yep. That was at the beginning of February. Okay. So at the end of February, because the stocks went down twenty percent and the bonds went up five, well, you're you're now worth one hundred and four thousand one eighty-seven. Okay. Okay, so so you start with a hundred, you're up to one fifteen at the beginning of the month, and you're all down to just a shade over a hundred and four thousand the end of February. Okay. okay, okay, okay. Well, by the way, some folks would say they lost eleven thousand dollars in change. I'd say they were temporarily down. All right, so guess what? Savvy seasoned investor number one did nothing. He doesn't do anything. All right, he or guess she. What, yeah, yep. guess what? Nervous investor number two did sells out of the market. Yep. Nope, to, they downshift. Ner- oh, nervous okay. investor says, I'm uncomfortable with my 60-40 portfolio. I want to lower my risk, okay, but I think I want to still stay invested. So nervous okay. investor number two drops down to a 40% stock portfolio okay. with 60% bonds. I'm going to call yep. it a downshift, yep. okay, still in the market. And by the way, some folks that did that, that were our clients, that were going to cash, and we said, please don't go to cash, at least downshift, but that's still not a good idea. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then guess what? Not really an investor. Number three does. He now goes, say, go he sells cash. out, goes to cash, buys gold, something right. like that. Yep. Yeah. So our three investors, okay, one stayed put, one downshifted a bit, and one went to cash. Okay. So by the way, remember, okay, they're, 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 they're starting now with like a $104,000 and change, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. So anyway, so by the way, so the 4%, okay, the, so the 40% portfolio that investor number two buys, we're going to say that that average is 4% for the rest of the time that's in there, not five. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. And then, by the way, uh, I, th- this is like unbelievable. Uh, yesterday morning, according to Yahoo Finance, a five-year bank CD across the country, 1.33%. Wow. Yep. All right. Okay, so all the investors have 104000 bucks. Savvy investor stays buckled up. Okay, uh, nervous investor goes to a lower-risk portfolio that earns four, and not really an investor goes and buys a, a five-year CD paying 1.33%. Okay. 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 So, so now what we're going to do is we're going to fast forward to 2027. Okay. Which is 10 years since 2017. Okay. Okay. And we're going to go back to the initial hundred thousand dollars. Okay. We, we, so nervous investor number two was invested in 60, 40 for a while and then 40, 60, and then not really an investor was invested in 60, 40 and then cash sort of a thing. But we're, we're going to look at the time from the 100,000, not the time when they moved into the new thing if they did. 
Okay. okay? Yep. All right. So, so we can just keep and our by math. the way, we're, math yep, keep yep, the math. Gotcha. And I'm also going to assume that the five-year CD rolled over at 1.33%. It could be lower. Who knows, given the circumstances. I had to do some assumptions. Okay. So, so we, only, the way, we went ahead by just seven years, you said? Yeah. Yeah. So it's okay. seven so years. So we're ending with a, te- a total 10-year time horizon. That, that is uh, correct. I'm, okay. I'm following you now. Are, are you ready? <laughs> All right. So in 2027, savvy seasoned investor number one is 161000 Okay, that's the five percent per year average return for ten years. Yep. Investor number two has one hundred and thirty-nine thousand, and by the way, that's a three point three six percent per year return. Because remember, they were in the portfolio when it went down. So, so their return since day one is three point three six. That's right. Okay, and then investor, not really an investor number three, their return is one point three four percent for the ten years, and they have one hundred and fourteen thousand. Okay. Okay. So here are the numbers: one sixty-one for investor number one, one thirty-nine for investor number two, and one fourteen for investor number three. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. We're going to hop out to twenty years. Ooh. Okay. All right. Twenty years. Investor number one, two sixty-five, three twenty-nine from a hundred. Yep. Uh, investor number two, two oh six from a hundred, not two sixty-five. Yeah. Uh, and investor number three, 130,000 and change. Okay. Well, that's a big difference, yeah. 265, 206, 130. Okay. A big difference. Why? Time, compounding of interest, and getting out, okay, and not staying buckled up. Do you have the rates of okay. return for, for the other, uh, for, for nervous and not really an investor? I, I do. Okay. Okay, for nervous, what was 3.68 for the whole period of time. Okay. And for a not really an investor, it was 1.34% yeah. for the whole time. Okay. Okay. Uh, Justin, we, I, I sit through, we had a handful of clients, and you probably have some as well, yeah. that downshifted, okay, and their returns are not anywhere because of the downshift. Okay. So, so folks, this is, this is an easy thing to describe, okay? If you have a 60% portfolio of stocks and you ride it down and you get out at the bottom, and then if you change over to a 40%, stock, you don't ride up as fast. You don't get all the recovery. Okay. I wrote an article a long time ago called the turtle and the train. Okay. So folks, imagine riding a train downhill at a speed. And then when you get to the bottom, hopping on a turtle and riding it uphill. Yeah. Okay. And and so the, the downshifters, okay, even though you lowered the risk, you cut your return significantly and the get out in this example, pretty poor sort of a thing. So you destroy yeah. or significantly lessen your potential returns as long as the world doesn't come to an end and markets keep doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And, okay. and we should point out that, um, oh gosh, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, the, the So the, in this example, the the downshift in the return. I mean, we we're only talking about a twenty percent market decline, and so the investor yeah. who was in the who was in the you know the sixty forty, the moderate, and downshifted to the moderately conservative, the forty sixty, you know, their return was lower than that long term four or five percent by a couple of percentages. It, it actually you know that, that's actually not <laughs> that's actually not nearly as bad as as what happens in a larger bear market, right? I mean, that, that, if you had run right. that number with a down twenty percent with a down forty percent. Yep. stock market return, it would have been significantly worse. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, the, the further down the market goes when, before you get out, uh, the, yep. the more you're going to hurt that long-term return and your future yep. potential wealth, right? Yeah. And folks, the numbers are theoretical. The math is not, okay, in terms of what you're listening to here. So, okay, so let me, uh, so, so in, in 20 years, okay, investor, it all started with 100, investor number one at a mere 5% per year, okay, is at 260. 65,000. Okay. Investor number two, Nervous Nelly, okay, or Nervous Nelson, okay, uh, is 206,000. And by the way, that's a 3.68% per year return for 20 years. And investor number three is at a mere 130,000, and that's a 1.34% return. Yeah. By the way, it, it gets worse, folks. Okay. So that was the bad news. Let me tell you the worse news. Okay. Okay. So, in a season, savvy seasoned investor number one, he's got two hundred and sixty-five thousand bucks, right? 
and he yep. earned 5%. Yeah. So guess what he's going to do? He just retired. He's going to take 5% yeah. per year out of his 265000 bucks. Oh, I see what you're going to do here, yeah. It's $13,000 and change or over $1,100 a month. Right. Okay, investor number two doesn't have 265. He or she has 206,000. And by the way, okay, we're only going to you can only take 4% out of that because you're in a portfolio for the time that you've been in it. That's been 4. So by the way, that's $8,000 a year and almost $700 a month. Okay. See, 13,000 and 1100 a month, 8,000 and not quite 700 a month. Okay? Yep. Investor uh, not really an investor number three. Let's see, that pile is 130000 and we're averaging 1.33 in it. So let's see, that's a total of $1,735 for the year and $146 for the month. Oof. Folks, p- pick a retirement income, 1106 687 or 146 Okay, per month. Okay. Wait, how are you getting to? How is it that much? That much less? It shouldn't it be about half as much? Are you Are you only taking the interest? Okay, that's just taking the interest. Yep, oh, just the all. interest. Okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. So okay. you're taking whatever you're you can earn yeah. from the portfolio. Folks, yep. if you if you're if you're going to be a downshifter or get out, you're going to impair your long term returns significantly. Okay. The the only way that doesn't work is if the world comes to an end and history doesn't continue and we go back to the dark ages. And I'm, I don't mean to be extreme, but that's about what you're going to need for that to happen. Yeah. Maybe it'll happen. Okay. Yeah, I think, you know, I think obviously this is not risk tolerance and how much and how much risk a uh, an investor can handle is, yeah. is yeah. not simple. Uh, and, yeah. and we're not suggesting it is. And we're not saying, yeah. hey, you know, just stick with it. No problem. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is why that, you know, just to just to give you some advice for, you know, for, not for, for your whole life and not just specifically with bear markets. Uh, I think you should constantly be reassessing your risk tolerance. And I know, and I know we do it with our clients and, and, you know, we'll, we'll go through periods of five or 10 years where we have the same discussion and we come to the same conclusion every year, but it's important to revisit that risk tolerance because you don't want to be revisiting it at the wrong time, right? You know, yeah. you want to, you want to figure out that, you know, maybe you want to be a little bit more risk averse yeah. uh, before the the tough times come and not after, because anytime you're, anytime you're downshifting in a bear market, you are going to hurt that yeah. long, you know, your, your long-term yeah. future returns. It doesn't mean you should never get more conservative with your investments, right? That's not, that's certainly not yep. what we're saying. What yep. we're saying is that you, you ideally at all times have the, uh, have the risk appropriate portfolio yep. for you. And that prevents you from doing things like downshifting in a lousy market, which really hurts long-term returns. Yeah, for 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 the downshifters that I work with that downshifted, okay, they they had to, you know, they did the right thing emotionally. Yeah. Okay, they they had to sleep at night. They did the wrong thing, financially speaking. Okay, and that's a choice. Right. Okay, and that's okay. I I I I, I feel badly for those folks when I sit down with meetings and go over their returns. Yeah. But they made that choice, and I think yeah. the moral of the story is, okay, markets are going to do what markets do. What people do about that is what their returns are going to be. Okay, yeah. and yeah, the the risk tolerance thing. Now, pardon me from being an old. Guy, Guy, but who knows what your risk tolerance is till you see your accounts down fifteen thousand dollars next month? Right. You know, sort of a thing. But but that's we tried to do the best we can. But yeah. you know, okay, it's, you know, it's imperfect, right? And, and yeah, we're, yeah. we're certainly not saying that we nail it every single time. But no, if no. you have that conversation um, on an ongoing basis, you you certainly get. Uh, you're, I think we're right more than we're wrong. Certainly, and we get it right more than we get it wrong with our clients' risk tolerance. Yep. But but sometimes uh, we make mistakes, and they do, and it's just that just kind of how it goes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, but so so the bottom line, folks, uh, on this is that that um, you know I, I I lived through this. We had preciously, thankfully, a small percentage of our clients who downshift, and by the way, a, 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 an even smaller percentage who went to cash, and half of those folks aren't clients anymore, and it for ever impacted their life returns. And by the way, if your risk level says I want to buy U.S. government bonds, maybe the risk is your retirement doesn't look like it. you'd like it to look. You know, okay, which risk are you worried about? And by the way, that's the last half an hour of this show from my point of view, okay? Yeah. By the way, just a couple of, a couple of uh, closing statements. 
statistics here, which I think is pretty well timed, hopefully. Okay, so uh, okay, let me give you some guaranteed investment numbers right now. Okay. By the way, one year CD across the country zero point seven three percent. Okay. Five five year CD across the country one point three seven percent. 30-year United States Treasury bond, 1.29%. Okay, one-year Treasury bond, 0.73%. Folks, those are all risk-free investments. By the way, annualized inflation through January 2020, 2.05%. That's a bigger number than any of the returns, and we haven't even got to taxes. And Justin, I'm leaving with this number, at least for this half an hour. You know, tell me the tell me the year to date number that the S and P 500 is down right now. What do you think? Oh, I could actually find this because I have. Well, no, 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 uh, right no off the top of your head. Uh, no cheating. Uh, I'm going to say it's six uh, percent. <laughs> Minus two point eight. Yeah, I was just looking at you know. <laughs> Even sometimes I'm surprised by this stuff. So I'll, I'll, uh, I pulled up all of our, you know, I pulled up our, our little system here that sort of tracks the markets and, and indicators and all that stuff along with our investment models and all of our, I, I don't have all of our models in here, but I have a bunch of them, right? They're all positive on one, on a one year return, right? Year to date, yeah, Even yeah, an aggressive, sure. an aggressive portfolio. No, well, 12 months, yeah. 12 months, an aggressive portfolio, you know, I'm looking at you know this particular one up 4%, uh, a balanced portfolio up 8%, uh, you know, they're all positive yeah. over the one year basis and you'd never know it by, uh, by listening <laughs> to the news these days, right? <laughs> t- t- time for a break, Josh. We're going to take a break here. All right. We'll be right back. Yeah. Welcome back to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara, and we are talking today with Michael McNamara, who is live from sunny Florida via phone today. And uh, we're talking about what not to do in a bear market. And uh, if you have any questions out there live in the Merrimack Valley today, telephone number is 978-454-4980. Or you can submit a question online, questions at McNamaraOnMoney.com. Uh, let me do a few advertisements here before we get started. Uh, we do have some social security seminars coming up, uh, both on the South Shore and in the Merrimack Valley. So Tuesday, April 7th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Caskin Flagon in Marshfield. Uh, if you'd like to sign up for that, uh, visit McNamaraFinancial.com or call 781 781- Eight three four two zero one zero. We also have uh, Wednesday, April eighth, up in Andi- at Andiamo Restaurant in Chelmsford. Uh, give us a call nine seven eight two five six seven four four one, or you can also visit us at McNamaraFinancial.com. dot uh, com. Come in, stop by. No, no sales pitches, just information. Or we're going to have uh, Social Security expert Kurt Zarnowski talking to, uh, giving a presentation and answering questions for anyone who's, who's also a pretty funny guy, by the way, he is very funny. Yeah. He's got a, yeah, he's got a good, I think he's got, a, it seems like he's got a pretty good life. He does seminar. I, from what I can tell, he does social security seminars at night and golfs during the day. That's, that's sort of what I, I've been able to gather from him. And I, and I believe he also, it's not a requirement, but I'm pretty sure whenever he does a seminar, at least from, from our point of view, He's there. There's kind of a uh, kind of a little nudge to take him out golfing on the on the day before or the day of. So. <laughs> He's very entertaining. You, I, I, you won't be disappointed if you stop by. All right, and folks, um, if you have an interest, and I think you should, uh, if you'd like to request our bear market survival packet, yep. uh, it's, it's four articles on a chart that I think uh, is very would be very helpful for just about anybody listening to this show. Uh, you can uh, just do questions at McNamaraOnMoney.com. That's an email, uh, and just ask for the packet. Or just they can just call you at the office there. What's your office number there? Absolutely, uh, nine seven eight. Two five six seven four four seven. Alrighty. So, by the way, so I've been saving the best for last year, Justin. All right. Okay. Uh, we're going to uh, talk about risk-free investments. All right. Okay. Uh, and by the way, I don't think you've seen this yet. No, this is kind of a surprise. So but anyway. in, yeah, I guess, and this is in response, probably to the advice that that's out there that's, Hey, yeah. that's, you know, what, what do you do in a bear market? You get, yeah. you know, you get safe yeah. investments and then we're going to, we're going to talk about what those are. And I'm going to guess. Oh, oh we sure are. are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, and uh, uh, we're going to, we're going to get this out 
to our clients, I think, probably in another week or so. I'm saving this one. This is a good one. Anyway, yep. so, so by the way, it's entitled Risk-Free Investments and Unicorns. And Unicorns, okay. Not, neither of which exist, okay? <laughs> but anyway, we're, we're coming to that. All right, so folks, uh, okay, there, are, there is no such thing as a risk-free investment. Yep. All investments have some kind of risk, and we're going to spend a little time talking about the risk that you should be really worried about, never mind your portfolio going up and down. So, okay, I'm going to do a little math, and then we're going to get into the investments that you shouldn't do, okay, that sound like risk-free or pretty good ones. Okay, so here's the math. And this is already old math after five days, just, but the math still works, so I'm going to do it. Okay? Things are moving fast out there. Yeah, they, they sure as heck are. <laughs> okay. Uh, assume $100,000. All right. Yep. Invested in risk-free United States government treasury bills, which, yep. by the way, a one-year bill a week ago was paying 1.23%. All wow. right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. By the way, it's 0.7 yesterday. Okay, but 1.23%, $100,000, risk-free, and even though it was a one-year bill, we're going to roll it over and do 1.23 for a decade just to, you know, to make the example here, okay? Okay. All right, so folks, okay, so let me tell you about two risks that you should be terrified of, absolutely yep. terrified. One is called taxes, and the other is called inflation, Okay, and so let me demonstrate. Okay, if you take and earn 1.23%, okay, by the way, um, if, you, if you're in the 22% tax bracket, by the way, if you're single and have a taxable income of more than $39,000 and change, mm-hmm. or if you're a couple and have a taxable income of like more than, uh, I think it's 77000 and change, you're in the 22% bracket. So if you start with 1.23%, and take away 22% for the feds, and never mind Massachusetts, you're down to 0.96% on an after-tax return. Okay. Okay? And then, by the way, if you take away 2.5% inflation away from your 0.96% return, you just lost a percent and a half. Okay. Guaranteed and risk-free, I might add. <laughs> okay. Wait, now, what, okay. What, what, what are we using for, what, what investment is this again? It's a treasury bill that was a week ago paying 123. That's at 0.7 now. Yeah, it's a, that's right. I got it okay. right now, 0.74. So yeah. There you go. Hey, hey, I, I, I checked the this The math morning. is even okay. worse. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So, folks, so let me be crystal clear, okay? Whatever investment you have, okay, either you can worry about market and investment-related risks, or you can worry about taxes and inflation, which, in my opinion, are both guaranteed risks, okay? And you have to factor in those Okay, all risk-free investments, okay, they might have guaranteed returns, but after you factor in taxes and inflation, the returns are negative. Okay, we call that a real return in our business. What did you get to keep after you paid taxes and inflation? And I will pretty much guarantee that in all investments that are advertised as risk-free because the United States government can't go out of business, after you take away inflation and taxes from your risk-free investment, your money's going backwards, guaranteed. Yeah, and even if you're, you know, obviously, so these numbers, we're talking about current numbers as we sit right now, just, you know, I I gotta, I gotta, I, sometimes I play compliance officer when, I, when I, you're talking. I, what do you mean sometimes? Okay. <laughs> okay. So we're talking about current numbers. You know, these numbers are obviously subject to change. And, uh, but, the, but the math is not. The, yeah, that's right. The math is, well, they, you know, the math does change because you have different tax rates and you may be in an IRA or not in an IRA. And, uh, and obviously we don't know what inflation is going to be. But I think at, certainly at this point in time, the math is going to be, it's going to be hard to overcome, right? It's, it's hard to say, oh yeah, I'm going to grab my 10 year US, my guaranteed US treasury bond, even if I'm in an IRA and I don't pay my taxes until much, much later, that 0.74% is very, very likely to, you know, to be lower than the 10 year inflation rate, right? And not, again, that's not guaranteed either. You know, we, we could in theory have deflation over the next 10 years, but uh, if you're using any kind of reasonable projection based on history, uh, it's, it's very, very difficult to see how, 
something that's paying less than one percent over ten years is gonna is gonna come out with a positive return. Yeah. Uh, even if even if you're even if you're not paying taxes right now, right? I mean, obviously, if you're in an IRA, it's tax deferred, and you'll, you, you you'll pay, pay them, them sooner or later. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But so yeah. yeah, that's that's the. I, I don't want we 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 do tend to generalize a lot, and I just wanted to add a little bit of well, we don't know you exactly. Mean, you mean I you mean I tend to generalize a lot, and you tend to clear that up. I, I understand. I, I can live with that. The, yeah, okay. <laughs> who who knew? Huh? The young <laughs> yeah. guy. The young guy qualifying the old guy. Who yep. knew? Uh, anyway, but so by the way, let, let's look into this a little further. Let's forget about the return. Yeah. For a minute, you put the hundred thousand in. You well, by the way, that's eleven hundred. That's twelve hundred and thirty dollars a year on your hundred thousand, folks. But anyway, let's just focus on the hundred thousand. If you'd had a hundred thousand dollars and you put it in treasury bills for the next ten years and just take the interest, ten years from now, yeah. you've got a hundred thousand dollars. No, you don't. If you shrink a hundred thousand dollars by two and a half percent per year inflation for ten years, that it looks like a hundred when you check it out, it spends like $77,633. Right. Folks, folks, money's only as good as what you can buy with it. Okay, the way I look at it, if, it, if you take your $100,000 in what it can buy today, and it buys you $77,000 10 years from now, okay, how do you feel about that risk-free investment? Because money's only as good as what you can buy with it. Never mind the math on a piece of paper. What do I get for that money? Okay, that's terrifying. By yeah. the way, if you bought a 30-year government bond and, hung, and took all the interest for whatever it's paying, by the way, remember, the, the, if whatever interest that you're taking, at least right now, after taxes and inflation, it's a negative return. But ah, forget that. Okay, uh, $100,000 after 30 years of inflation at 2.5% per year spends like $46,788. You cut in half what your money could buy. That's not a good retirement plan, folks. I would call that risky as heck, yeah. okay? Uh, but it's a risk-free investment. So you need to understand that besides the risk we talk about investments, there are a couple of other risks that we all have to deal with. And from my point of view, I'm, you know, I can't guarantee this, folks, but I'm thinking taxes are guaranteed that you're going to pay them for the rest of your life, and I'm taking odds on inflation being around for the rest of your lives as well. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, uh, any, before I skip on to some investments you shouldn't do, as a re, you know, if you're thinking about selling your risky investments and going someplace else safe, I'm going to try to disabuse you of that in the next 15 minutes or so here. Okay, but yep. any, any clarifying comments, my son, before I move on here? No, no, I think I, 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 think I butted in when I needed to. All right, well, that's good. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, well, yeah, just, I mean, just to be clear... The different types of risks, we'll, we'll, we'll just define them, right? So there's inflation risk, you, taxes are a risk because, you know, when, you, when you're looking at a rate of return that's offered on an investment, that, is, that does not incorporate the potential taxes you're going to pay on it. The, you know, the risks that the media are talking about are, for the most part, volatility, right? The, the ups and downs in the net asset value of your investment. And then there's obviously default risk, which is, you know, largely able to be diversified away if you're, if you're buying, you know, sort of a, a mutual fund that has, you know, the S&P 500 invested in it, right? Obviously, the, the largest 500 companies in America are not going to go out of business. And if they do, we have bigger problems. So there's default risk, which is fairly easily diversifiable, at least we hope, knock on wood, not guaranteed. And then there's volatility. And that's really what the, what the media talks about because it's scarier and it, it gets more clicks. So. Yeah. By the way, the default risk. If you own the 500 biggest companies in America, what are the chances they all go out of business and are worth zero right. between now and the rest of your life, folks? Yep. That's why we diversify. Anyway, <clears throat> so <clears throat> investments you shouldn't do when you get nervous about the investments that are going up and down in your portfolio. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. The bank, savings, money markets, CDs. They're all guaranteed. They're all risk-free. No. Okay. Uh, and the same math applies to all of those, okay, uh, as, uh, as we just did with the Treasury bills. And right now, real returns are negative on those folks. Okay. <clears throat> One other thing. Oh, but they're insured by the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. 
I can't possibly lose my money, as in I guess somebody's going to take it or whatever. Um, <clears throat> Justin, take a guess. You probably know this. Uh, of every dollar that sits in an FDIC-insured account, what do you think the reserve ratio is, or how many dollars do they have in a pot someplace to bail you out, okay, if that bank goes out of business and steals your money or whatever? Oh, man. The reserve ratio? is it? Yeah, it's, it's called the reserve ratio, by the way, yeah. Is it 10 cents? <laughs> You're 10 times too high. It's 1.15 cents. <laughs> oh, geez, really? <laughs> okay, uh -huh. so let me be clear, folks, that FDIC-insured guarantee for every, okay, for every dollar you have in the bank, one, one cent and a little bit more is actually in real money someplace to bail you out. Okay. Yep. So just, you know, I just wanted to put that risk-free investment in perspective. That's right. Well, so the, yeah, the, the bank only has the bank only has one and a half. <laughs> that's that's a, seems like a no, low the number, federal, no, 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 the federal government. Oh, the federal the government. FDIC. Oh, so they actually yeah. have money set aside. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What, what one point one five pennies? Well, they have they have the taxing authority. Sure. Oh, right? well, no, so, they yeah. just print money, and then we'll have hyperinflation, right. and then things will even be worse. Okay. <laughs> You're back to uh, your curmudgeonly self in the second <laughs> hour. I like it. I told you. I was going to get wild here. All right, so by the way, okay, the next investment you shouldn't buy that's risk-free, okay, fixed annuities. By the way, annuity advertisements will come out of the woodwork now because they're safe havens for investors with all kinds of guarantees. Yep. Folks, by the way, anytime you hear the word guarantee, I think you should get nervous. Okay, because those guaranteed investments usually get pummeled by taxes and inflation. So just, just you know, put your antennas up when you hear that. But anyway, okay, so fixed annuities, they're guaranteed investments by insurance companies. Okay, I'll get to a few other kinds of annuities, Jess. I'll cover them all. Yep. So fixed annuity is, hey, I can go lend my money to an insurance company, tax-deferred, and they'll give me a rate. And uh, by the way, I, I went to, I Googled A-rated fixed annuity rates last week, Jess. Yeah? 2.85% 2. for 10 Ooh, years. Ooh, not bad. For, okay. Well, for that was last week. Though. I understand. I think they probably but, updated them. Yeah, but by the way, after so, so by the way, if you leave the money in, you don't have taxes, but you still have inflation. But who would put money in an annuity if you needed to take it? But anyway, that two point eight five percent. Yeah. But wait, you're if you factor in taxes and inflation, you're only down about a quarter of a percent in real money. So you're, you're it's less bad than the other investments. But you still have your capital at risk, so that's that, that, that's that's a nothing. Okay, we have these things called immediate annuities, folks. Oh my God, I can give my money to an insurance company; they'll pay me a guaranteed income for the rest of my life. There's that guarantee again. Yep. So last week I visited immediateannuities.com, folks. I encourage you to do so on your own if you like. But a 65-year-old couple in Massachusetts last week can give an insurance company, an A-rated insurance company, <clears throat> excuse me, $100,000, and they will pay you $905 a month for 10 years, guaranteed. <clears throat> That's called a 10-year payout yep. on an immediate annuity. So you give them $100,000, and they're going to pay you back $905 a month for the next 10 years. Okay. So by the, So by the way, that's... So if you total all those 905s times 10 years, comes to $10,860. Yeah. You gave them 10000 They handed you back 10860 guaranteed, no risk. There you go. There you go. Okay. Do you have a rate of return uh, on that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about uh, like... Uh, one, uh, no, I don't, but I didn't even bother because it's so silly okay. to do. Okay. Uh, n not much. H how about that sounds? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you made, uh, well, you made uh, $8,600 over yeah. 10 years. No, on... no, no. You made, you, you made $860. Yeah. But the, okay. the over all the 10, 10 years well, yeah, yeah, per yeah. year. Oh, ten, th I'm sorry. 10,860. I apologize. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah 1.08%. Made... Yeah. That's not a good, that's, yeah. that's, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Guaranteed. Less Risk than free. inflation, right? Yeah, I understand. Okay, <laughs> yeah. by the way, that same 65-year-old couple, they could get a check. Okay, uh, so hang on a second now. Okay, so let's see. Um, the income in the Okay, so actually, yeah, okay. So, by the way, the couple could also get $429 a month for the rest of Ooh. both of their lives. Okay. Okay. So hundred thousand dollars, and they're going to give me four. Going to give us 
$429 a month forever. We can't possibly outlive our income. By the yeah. way, that's, that's $5,100 a year. Well, if you gave them 100 and they give you 5100 a year, that seems like a 5% return, right? Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, seems like it. Okay, yep. So, by the way, Guaranteed. so the IRS actuarial tables say that a 65-year-old woman will live longer than a 65-year-old man, okay? Uh, and a 65-year-old woman has a 21.5-year life expectancy, okay? So, all I did was say, hey, they're going to give us 5148 bucks a year times 21.5 years if that woman lives to her life expectancy, okay? So, by the way, so that... $100,000 that you start, that you gave away, the woman over her lifetime will collect $110,600. Okay, if she okay. lives to her lifetime. Okay, same return. Yeah. Okay, by the way, immediate annuities are not investments, folks. They're insurance they're insurance policies. If yep. you buy a life, if the, in the, with a couple of bet, did it for the rest of their lives. If the woman lives to 110, they have a great return on their investment. Yeah. If, if, if they both die, okay, the week after they do a lifetime annuitization, the money is going to help somebody else in retirement, not those folks or their kids, because that money's gone. Okay, so okay, annuities are insurance. Okay, and there may be some people for whom they're appropriate. We recommend them occasionally for some reasons, but, but it's insurance, and when insurance is involved, you may get the benefit or you, you may pay for the benefit for somebody else. Right. That's, how, that's how insurance works, folks. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, there are also, and I, we could spend a show on this, Justin, as you well, well know, okay, uh, there are things called income annuities. This is the latest insurance company marketing explosion here over the last eight or ten years, I guess. Yeah. Uh, will you get will you get various sources of guaranteed income for guaranteed periods of time where you can never outlive your money? And and, and there are we could spend what seven shows going over the variations here. We have if we if we knew them all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if if we could. Understand, I know we have right. done shows yeah. and we we top out at a, at a couple yeah. of hours on annuities because they yeah. Yeah. even for us they're fairly complicated. Yeah, yeah, th th indeed. Okay, uh, and by the way, the, the, the advertisements run somewhere where you could, or the, the illustrations, geez, I can get 4% or 6% a year in income for as long as I live. Okay, th there's a couple problems in general with these things. By the way, folks, if, if we don't understand these and or need two or three or four hours in a talk about I can guarantee that you don't understand them either, and that's not good. You don't ever want to invest in something that you don't understand. But anyway, the, the two problems, most of these things come with hideous costs built into them. I said hideous, Justin. You can tone that down if you like. But that there are significantly <laughs> high investment costs to own these guaranteed things. There you go. Yeah. Okay, And in many of them, you have to give up the money and annuitize. In other words, give it to insurance companies so that they can give it back to you over some kind of a schedule. But anyway, anyway yeah. let, let me just say that income annuities with guaranteed income, red flag should go up. And if you are going to explore these, explore them in great detail, ask thousands of questions, and good luck with that. They're very confusing. Yeah, okay. they're, you know, I think they're... <clears throat> Like anything else that's a guaranteed investment, you know, we just, we don't think, I, don't, I, w I wouldn't say that we don't like them. We think they're probably oversold and they're confusing. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. They, they certainly are oversold, but then you could say that about a lot of things, but yeah. um, they are very confusing, hard to understand. And really probably at the end of the day, what you're going to get is something that approximates a guaranteed rate of return, right? I mean, there's, they're, they're not magic. Uh, yeah. There's not, you know, there's there's no way that, you know, every investor who does an annuity can can do particularly well. There may be some who <coughs> buy at the right time and they and, and they it happens to work out pretty well for them and they get a decent return. But on average, for all annuity owners, they're going to get something like a that, that approximates a relatively guaranteed rate of return, which isn't all that much, right? You're not you're not going to yeah. earn ten percent a year in these things, despite yeah. what the marketing says. They can be expensive. They're not quite as expensive as they as they used to be. At least I, that's you know the industry has evolved and the prices have come down. Although they're certainly still uh, pricey at times, and you really have to do your homework on what kind of annuity you own, how much, what the what the underlying cost structure is, and it's yeah. it's not going to be easy. 
<laughs> yeah. F- folks, any of the variable annuities or income annuities or th- in, uh, indexed annuities, they're extremely complicated. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, don't ever invest in anything you don't understand. OK. And that's a that's a tough pathway with these things, folks. I got to tell you. Yep. OK. <clears throat> so. All right. Also. Gold. Okay, the gold bugs come out of the woodwork when we have times like this. And by the way, gold has been doing swell, okay, uh, for the last six weeks or something like that, okay? Um, You know, gold is viewed as a safe haven or inflation protection. By the way, if you, you know, pick your time periods and pick your markets and look back over time, there have been times when gold has beaten stocks and bonds. Absolutely. And there have been times when gold has not beaten stocks and bonds. And for times, okay, there was a period of 15 or 20 years, okay, that ended about six or eight years ago where it was absolutely dead money. But, you know, folks, gold does not produce income. Oh, it can be extremely volatile. If you're leaving, <laughs> if you're leaving your scary investments, okay, that are volatile for a gold investment. Well, right now it's upwardly volatile, folks. But boy, gold can be scarily downward volatile. So you're not, if you do gold, you're not lessening your risk, folks. Okay, yeah. that's a timing decision on your part. And unless you know the future, good luck with that. Well, we'd be where I've come from. Okay. 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 Uh, I, I, it, I do have a ahead. gold chart up. Just I think it might add a little bit to the conversation here. Yeah. So, okay. gold in nineteen September nineteen eighty, the price was six sixty six. It didn't get back up to six sixty six until wait for it. I'm running along my chart uh, until April two thousand and seven. Did I tell you it was dead money for a long time? <laughs> <laughs> so you went, what was that? 27 years where gold, where, where the, the gold that you had did not appreciate at all. In fact, it went down and stayed down. Um, how, you know, however, it did come back up. It hit, uh, looks like, what do we have? Like 18, I get the highest price reading I have is 1895 yeah. in September, 2011. And it, then it, it sort of bottomed out down at 1160. Yeah. Uh, to actually 1060 and we're still so it's still lower than it was in yeah. 2011 yeah. by you know by a good yeah. bit here so it's folks yeah. we, we, you know Mac in the interest of a disclosure McNamara Financial Services does not recommend and has not ever recommended gold yeah. okay it's volatile and yeah. it doesn't pay income folks okay and then last but not least just I can't I don't have enough time for this uh. okay real estate I'm gonna go buy some real estate and, and get rid of this scary stock market stuff well okay um, a, a long time, you know, so I'm going to buy an investment property. I'm going to buy a commercial property. I'm going to take, collect some rent and make some money. Okay. Um, but, you know, folks, you know, there are some folks listening who are good at that. Most folks who are thinking about it that have no expertise, big trouble. Okay. If you don't have the time, the expertise and the inclination to be a landlord, you could be getting way over your head. And a long time ago, I heard somebody who did commercial real estate say something I'll never forget. He said, there is absolutely no bad time to buy commercial real estate as long as you have a, enough money and enough time okay, if you made a mistake which, in terms of what you paid for it. So time and money can bail you out if you don't have a lot of that. You know, buying an individual property is a boatload more risk, folks, than buying the 500 biggest companies in America. So bottom line, there are no risk-free investments. If you're well-diversified in a globally uh, you know, mixed stock and bond portfolio and you're working with an advisor, stay buckled up folks, this too will pass. And no, I can't guarantee that, but you can call me back sometime uh, and ask me about that when things get better. Josh, any closing comments on your part? Uh, No, I don't think so. I think, you know, just overall, just, you know, try to stay calm and try, try to not try to be as unemotional as possible about your money during scary times. I, you know, as always, I recommend try to avoid cable news. Oh, I'm getting played out as usual. All right. We'll see you next week. Take care. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Bye-bye.